inventory is actually low. Um, mortgage rates are at an all-time low as well. So people that are wanting to buy, ready to buy, you know, they're still moving forward. And um, the people I think that didn't need to sell yeah. um, over the last few months kind of were holding off. So that's resulted in kind of a shortage in um, inventory. So things that are, that are popping up are moving quick. Um, but I mean, as far as that's what's happening right now, everything's so, you know, month to month or yeah, week to yeah. week right now. So I'm, I'm sure we're going to start to see kind of the effects of, um, you know, people not being able to make, pay their mortgage payments and things like yeah. that in the near, you know, next probably six to 12 months and where there's going to be repositioning of people that have equity wanting to cash out on that equity, um, you know, while they can. And so, I mean, it's, it's crazy with just everything's changing so quickly yeah. right now, but that's kind of a snapshot of where it's at. So. Hey, I'm uh, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, I started to interrupt, but I'm going to try, I'm going to try to disconnect uh, my, my uh my headphones so that i can ha i can hear you on my laptop so that instagram can hear you all right let me try it let's see. Let me try it on can you hear me i can hear you oh nice so that now they can hear us on instagram because i was like, I have you live on Instagram, but there's no sound. So I was like, that's whack, right? Because people are trying to, like, read your lips or what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, so uh, let me ask you this. Like, what, what's kind of changed? Like, what have you, like, changed as far as, like, your, uh, your business model and your direction, like, because of everything that just recently happened? I'm focusing on short-term, uh, really short-term. Uh, I had a few projects that were – Longer term, we're like talking about uh, remodels with additions that a couple of them that were dragging on for uh, over a year where basically we had just waiting, going through the whole process. It really depends on what county you're in too. I'm right in the, the middle of two counties and one of them is pretty quick at moving things through the permit process, inspections and all that. And the other one is just, just two or three times as long. So from a personal, from the way I'm operating right now, we're basically not taking on things that are going to take any extended amount of time. I'm trying to be in and out of fix and flips um, within four months or less um, from purchase to sale. Uh, you know, nothing beyond six, you know, six, 12 months, um, just because not really sure what's going to be going on in the world at that point. Um, does of course depend on i mean everything has a price right so i mean would i be willing to take on a long-term project if the price was right you know in the equity position was um good then you know that all factors into play but in general i'm looking for things that i can turn quickly and that's also actually helped um me become more efficient too with the whole fix and flip process because now that the pressure is kind of on for doing it quickly, it's, it's uh, allowed me to become more efficient as far as um, overlapping some construction, um, you know, some renovation work and just really trying to tighten up. Um, so it's exposed some interesting um, gaps in the business or just areas where I can improve too. But for me, it's basically 
what can I move quickly? Um, you know, if it's something that is going to take an extended period of time, then I'm more likely to wholesale now um, and put it in the hands of someone who is wanting to take that on. Um, whereas before I would pretty much about 85% of my business was um, fix and flip. Now I'm really just kind of going for the, the, well, the ones that really make sense, the juicy ones. Are you, are you, uh, are you using like a hard money lender or do you have like a relationship with several banks? Um, we use a combination of cash, hard money and private money. Okay. So yeah, just kind of depending on the deal, depending on the price point. Um, so what, like you said, uh, cash, uh, hard money and private money. That's what you said. What, what, yeah. what, what is, what's the difference? Like, so cash is, you know, cash in your okay. bank account, um, just straight cash. Um, though also, you know, you want to take into account, you know, what's the best return you can get on that money. Uh, leaving it in the bank might not even be the best place to keep it right now, you know, considering, you know, the dollar and everything. Um, hard money is basically, they call it hard money, but it's pretty easy to get. Um, but pretty much that's, an investment property loan, like a loan to do a fix and flip on a property um, from any number of lenders out there that you can just Google and you could find, you know, a list of different um, hard money lenders. Yeah, typically you're going to pay more because they're companies. So it's anywhere from like nine to 12%, usually two to four points, depending four is kind of on the high side. Um, but then they have fees and all that stuff too. And you have kind of more hoops to jump through and everything. What would you private what, money? What would you say? Like, like some of the best, like let's say if someone like looking to get into hard money lending, I mean, like looking to borrow, like what, sure. what, what, what companies would you recommend? Um, right now? Well, prior to everything going on, we used uh, civic financial services quite a bit. Um, they're pretty good. Um, they adjusted their, they're lending uh, basically their percent, their LTVs uh, down a little bit. Um, anchor loans in Southern California, though, that's who I actually started with back in the day. Um, and they've been solid and we've been continuing to use them quite a bit too. Um, those two are both uh, reputable, easy to work with. Um, both of them, I would say, are like, solid. It's kind of like, like, let's say, for example, um, like you, you approach, is it Pacific, right? Let's say you approach Pacific for a hard money loan for a property. What information do they need to, to do, they, do they determine, like, if it's a good deal or there's like, you know what, if you need to borrow the money, that's fine. What requirements do they check to see if the deal is like, makes sense? So basically, they're going to look at, you know, what's it worth? What, what are you buying it for? Yeah. Um, you know. And more or less what's it worth right now and then what will it be worth based on current sales after it's renovated and you know what's it going to take to get it to that to that where you can charge you know top dollar for it um that's how they look at it so if the numbers make sense then they're pretty willing to loan um, other requirements are pretty low um, for most of them that they're very focused just on the asset and the return um, whereas, you know, if you're borrowing for a house, you know, you're having to show all this documentation of, you know, your job and income and credit and all this stuff. 
hard money lenders are pretty much just focused um, on you know the asset. And if some, I've seen a little, a few of them kind of, you know, pull back on their LTVs, um, but 90% is still doable to be able to borrow up to 90% of a purchase price. Um, and even 100% of the renovation is out there still. So yeah. you just have to shop around. But private money is my favorite because that's like... Wait, yeah, talk about that. What is that? So that's, you know people that you have a just one-on-one -on -one relationship with where they've, they want to put their money to work. And so basically it's just you doing business with them. You, whatever agreement you come up with or come to with them, they can lend, uh, you can, you know, you borrow on the terms that you guys decide on. So it takes all the, uh, you know, the hoops and everything out. So you don't have to jump through and, you know, you can structure something that makes sense for both you and them. So what that results in usually is, way lower on the points. There's really no fees. Um, and then, you know, a reasonable interest rate that works out for both people, or what, you can even part. Um, I, you, most of my deals are at 10, 10 or 11%, just depending. Um, and, uh, but never over two points. I mean, on, on private money, it's like one or two points at most. Yeah. Um, and then you don't have the extra fees and it's, uh, just, it's just easier basically yeah. so the, uh let me ask you uh to, to to go that process like do you have to form like a, a separate entity like another llc for for just no you can use i mean you can use just you i mean if really if you wanted to you wouldn't even need an entity but i highly recommend at least having an entity for if you're doing any sort of uh, an llc at minimum if you're doing any sort of fixing and flipping yeah, yeah. um but you don't need a separate one. No, basically it's, they loan the money um, to the LLC um, and then you can either decide to personally guarantee it or not, just depending on your relationship with them. Um, and it's pretty much whatever you guys come together on as far as an agreement. That's pretty cool. I mean, uh, yeah. so when it, like whenever it's time to, like let's say for example, uh, you have a part, a couple of private lenders, uh, and, and, and you sell a property that, that they invested in, do, do you put their, uh, like, do they pick up their check at the, at the title company? Cause you can do that, right? Like you can actually, yeah. that way they're, they're responsible for their portion of the, of the taxes, right? Do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, with that, you know, they, you run it all through the title company. So, you know, everything they get paid out there. Um, just like a bank would, um, you know, at the end of the transaction, they've got to, you know, declare what their payoff amount is, which is going to be the loan plus the interest and then gets paid through title. So uh, everything's, you know, above board and they get, uh, and they pay their taxes on, on their uh, earnings. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So like, is there, is there, is, is everything back to normal over there where you're at or what's up? Did they lock it down or what? It's, uh, we were locked down for a while um, and it's actually, okay. So we were locked down you know, March 15th ish to about the end of May, then, you know, they kind of opened back up and then just last, like on the 13th of this month, um, the governor here basically decided to kind of restrict a lot of things. Um, so like gyms closed again, oh, um, a lot of indoor dining is closed. Like, uh, indoor worship services are closed, like family fun centers, like pretty much um, they put the restrictions back on in a lot of things. 
but if I look out the window, like cars are going by, like it's not like a ghost town, like it was in March yeah. and April. Yeah. So things are kind of adapting. There's a lot more outdoor dining, um, a lot more outdoor, you know, some businesses have flexed into outdoor, even some gyms here, like are starting doing workouts in the parking lot, more like a uh, CrossFit oh. style, like tire flipping and stuff. So I think people are kind of adapting just to, you know, keep things rolling. It's not like lockdown, like it was where everyone was like, just kind of hiding out for a while yeah, there. Yeah. So, so like, what, what are your, what are your kind of forecasts for the next couple of years as far as like the real estate? Like, do you think, because you know what I noticed, uh, uh, I was on Zillow the other day and I started seeing like a lot of like foreclosures. Do you think yeah. that we're going to, we're about to hit that like a wave of foreclosures? I think so. I think so. Just kind of with everything that's going on, um, you know, unfortunately there are still a lot of people that are out of work um, and you're going to have these forbearance programs running out and these, you know, loan modification things kind of coming to an end and where that's going to start. You know, I think we will see probably in the next six to 12 months, probably that first wave of, of uh, foreclosures and probably people just looking to cash out. Um, we're seeing that too, where, you know, they're, where they're seeing ahead of time, they're kind of, they've got equity in their house, but say they don't have an income anymore to pay that mortgage. So they're thinking ahead and putting their houses up for sale. Um, and that will, you know, lend itself to really opportunities for, um, for people to help solve problems. I mean, cause if there's no source of income, ultimately worst case is that the house goes into foreclosure for, but if we can come in as an investor and somehow make that, you know, a better process for them or less painful in a way where, you know, it, whether we're um, maybe setting up seller financing or um, even getting them some money to help them move, you know, getting, if they can get ahead of, if foreclosure is going to happen, basically we can come in and help them find another solution. That's not going to, um, you know, hurt their credit as bad, put them in a situation where, you know, they're left with nothing. You know, if some, if we can do something to kind of help them reposition and, um, you know, relocate, then that's a lot better than the bank ending up taking the property. Yeah. Are, are, do, do you do like any, any like, um, like marketing to get like pre foreclosures before, because you like, there's a certain time period, right? Like you can't let it go too far because it's already like too late. Or, or yeah. Not? There, yeah, I mean, there's um, you know, out here in California, it starts with the notice of default uh, and then just goes, and that's when it becomes public record. And so it shows, they start showing up on the sites like Zillow and all that. Um, and so during that 30, really between 30 days and 90 days is when you want to, you want to market to them and you oh, can so, hit them. So let me ask you this, sorry to interrupt you. Like, let's say, let's say you go on Zillow and, and there's a, a, a property that says foreclosure, right? but it doesn't have a price that does that mean that that it's already been like the first stages can you still buy it or you have to wait it depends some of them will show up as pre foreclosure i've noticed now on zillow they'll they'll show that where it actually hasn't been foreclosed on um and in that stage really well the way it works out here in california is um a homeowner can actually 
get it out of foreclosure, usually even up to and on the day of the auction. Oh, really? Uh, if, if they can come up with a solution, yeah. So most banks um, are ha basically have to, um, you know, up and pretty much up until the end, um, allow the seller to be able to, to yeah. you know, take care of what's past due or come up with some sort of solution. So even if it's in, you know, foreclosure or whether it's pre or in foreclosure, um, you can still work with that seller and try to come up with the solution where, you know, by figuring out how much are they behind, um, you know, if they give you authorization, you can negotiate on their behalf with the bank um, or at least speak to the bank and figure out, you know, what's owed, what would it take? And um, if you can come up with something, a win-win situation, then that's a lot better than it ending, ending up, you know, getting auctioned off. Yeah, that's so true. Cause like once, once it kind of gets foreclosed and I mean, then they kind of don't really have nowhere to go. They don't have no more money. And so they're kind of just left out. And yeah. I, think, yeah, I think you're right. Like if you, if you can catch it uh, pre foreclosure where the house is like, they still have the utilities on maybe that way they don't like nobody destroys the house. You could probably, you could probably turn it around pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the first thing I always ask is, you know, have they pursued a loan modification? Have they exercised like all the options? Cause a lot of people don't know, yeah. you know, have they tried to do something where with the bank to, you know, negotiate something, um, and at least starting there, you know, if they can get a loan modification, that's way better. Um, I'm not going to get the property if they get a loan modification, but you know, it's doing the right thing and, yeah. and uh, at least going through the steps and, uh, and if it does come to the point where, you know, it's either selling or getting foreclosed on, then they'd rather sell. In most cases, they're better off. Yeah, that's true. Are, are you doing any like buying, like buying holds or are you just doing like this flip still? Uh, dude, fix and flip hundred percent right now. Yeah. That's, that's the stacking and racking with fix and flips. And then, uh, the, uh, the long-term, um, the long-term plan is to build up the rental portfolio. Oh, nice. um, but I'm going to, but as we see more of the, I mean, that's a whole other thing. We were just kind of talking about owner occupied, but there's a bunch of landlords too, that are getting basically put in a tough position right now too, with, you know, people, their tenants not being able to pay rent. So um, that's going to lend itself to a lot of opportunities to buy at prices that make sense. Um, for cash flow properties um, where I'm at in particular on the coast here, the returns aren't that good for um, cash flow. kind of got to go inland a bit, but as we see more inventory come up, I'm sure that'll be hey, uh, numbers uh, will make more sense. Uh, well, what's, what's the deal like with, with the California tax thing? Like, <laughs> because I, like I, I've, I've never like had it, like I never had someone like clarify it exactly like why, People come, like the taxes are so the taxes are really high over there, right? Yeah, they, the the taxes are on everything out here, basically. Uh, like, what, what, but, like, what, tell me, like, what what's behind that? Like, what? Man, uh, politics. I would say yeah. uh, it's basically, um, you know, you got well, you know, everywhere's got federal, but we have we do have state income tax. Uh, property taxes are not there's places that are higher, but, uh, I mean, on average, they're about 1% out here, one and a half in some areas. Um, but, uh, you got, it feels like almost everything's taxed. Like 
sales tax is usually around 10% in most counties. Yeah. Gasoline, there's a good 50, 60 cents per gallon on. T- so, but it's, I'm, I'm born and raised what is here. So it's like. That, with the capital gains tax over there. Is it like 15, is it 30 or, or like higher than that? Um, it depends on where, what bracket you're in. I'm not certain. Um, I'm not certain. I'd have to, I'd have to ask an accountant. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of curious. I, I've yeah, always, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Like I hear like a lot of companies are trying to move to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Tax, the tax things. And I'm like, I wonder like what's, what's going on with that. You know, I think even like they, I, did you hear like the Tesla wanted to move to move? Was that true? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Elon, he threatened basically to move out of California if they wouldn't let him reopen the, the factory oh, there. <laughs> yeah. And he's in the Bay Area, too. And that's even, I mean, that's like really, you Crazy. know, where you really get taxed. Yeah, where just things are just outrageously priced compared to a lot of places. Yeah. Hey, do, do, you, know, do you know anything about, uh, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday, and uh, we, started, we got in the conversation about um, like, Pre, pre-built properties to purchase those like from a developer do you know anything about that um i'm not sure pre-built i know some of my deals i've got i've gotten are from basically developers that have gone so far on a property and then for whatever reason didn't finish like between 80 and 100 percent, and they just need finishing touches and that can be a good source too for uh people looking to fix and flip you wouldn't necessarily think, but like one of the deals that we're actually doing right now, we're actually about to close this Friday, uh, is one that was probably about 95% done uh, when we purchased it. It just needed a few odds and ends, but turned out the story behind it was that it was uh, two developer partners and they basically had some sort of falling out. So the property just sat there for a couple of years, just almost finished and uh, ended up going into foreclosure because they couldn't come to an agreement. No one wanted to pay the bills. One guy didn't care because the other guy was going to take the money. So he didn't care if it went into foreclosure. And so there's always like problems out there that can be solved by real estate investors. Yeah. Uh, what are some, what are some of the, the kind of some of the major uh, errors that you made in the beginning phases of your career? Like as far as flipping, like what are some of those, mistakes that that like really learning costly experiences you're like man like i didn't expect this but i learned a a strong lesson from it uh hiring the right people that's Mm -hmm. definitely one which is tough because until you work with them uh, contractors yeah yeah that's caused some major delays in projects um so i mean the best way to vet them now is getting personal references um if you can you know, not only see the quality of their work, because they'll be happy to, I've had some guys that do great quality work, but then just the way they run their business and the way they pay their guys just ended up coming back to like them keeping some, come, some of them, like their subs, like coming to me, like, because their guy didn't pay them and I already paid their guy. And it like just creates like drama, which is no good. And, um, timelines extended like ex- like keep going on and on and on so keeping uh i mean at first when i first started i thought a six months 
process was normal, like on a fix and flip deal. And I, and until I actually worked with some higher quality contractors, I'll say, like, I didn't realize, well, wow, you can actually get this stuff done in six weeks, like on some of them, like just so, um, definitely like finding out, you know, not only the quality of work that they do, but, um, the way they operate as far as, you know, timelines, uh, you know, getting committed, like solid timelines on things, how they schedule their guys. Cause it's crazy. But a lot of these contractors that are great at what they're do at what they do, but they're not so good at managing like their businesses. Um, but as a general contractor, that's what they're supposed to do. So, um, that I think would be one of the biggest things is, you know, find out, you know, see what their quality of work is, but also see if you can connect with some people that they've worked with before that can give you, you know, insight as to how it was, how the experience was. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I could see how, I can see how like a lot of contractors lack the, and, and I've actually met like a lot of like really, really good contractors that they can build anything like fast, but they're just like horrible on managing their business. And like, they can never like, it's just like, I'm like, dude, like, you're like so talented. Like if you just had the right business skills, you could probably do a lot of stuff. But I, yeah. So uh, what are like, what are some of the, the betting? Like you said, like check for references. That's, that's a pretty important thing though. Like, cause that, that really determines the, that really does, you're kind of, you're kind of putting, you're kind of putting the whole project in their hands because you're, yeah. you're, you're depending on them to come through and, and if you're on a budget, like you really don't have no more money to go over. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty, that's pretty serious stuff right there, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right, if they, it really is in their hands, you know, at, their, at that point, they're pretty much driving. So they, if they're not doing a good job driving, I mean, there's only so much you can do kind of as a backseat driver because yeah. you can't go out there and, you know, it's their crews, their subs and all that. So it's like, you got to really, trust the person you put behind the wheel for that part of the job. So, I mean, how, how would like a, a first time flipper, a first time investor, like connect with like these bigger contractor guys? Cause it's pretty, uh, it's probably pretty intimidating because these guys are serious business, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, best thing I would say, I mean, I always advise getting multiple bids first yeah. and okay. foremost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, three is not even enough, especially if you're new to something and you don't know what something should cost. I'd say get five, get at least five. Um, it sounds like, you know, it might sound like a lot of work, might sound like repetitive, but you'll see, you know, you'll get a really good idea of what something costs. Um, and it's kind of just like the same thing. Like you should never buy the first house that you walk through or, or, uh, the first car that you, you know, go to see like you should really get a feel because you have really no way to gauge if you're um you know if you don't have anything any point of reference to yeah. compare it to so the more data you can get by more reference points by getting multiple bids and just getting to know the different contractors and really you know you know it's okay to ask for references and ask for you definitely want to see you know portfolio see what they've done as far as work quality um, but then ask them about timelines and ask them about um, you know, how the process, you know, are they going to be, how, 
how do they expect to be paid? You know, how do they, you know, pay their guys? It's okay to kind of dig deeper into those things and uh, you'll get different answers. And, uh, and then uh, even, I think references though, and, and yeah, previous work yeah. is by far the most valuable thing. And one, one place you can get that from is real estate agents. Ask for recommendations from real estate agents. Um, Cause you can always call a real estate agent out of the phone book or, you know, off of a sign. So that's a good start. If you're, you know, completely new and don't know anybody in the town or something like that. And you want to be able to start kind of getting piecing something together. You know that that, um, that you know what it's crazy because, uh, like a lot of investors, a lot of first-time flippers, they've probably like done you know they probably watched a bunch of YouTube videos, they probably read a bunch of books, right? But but the con but hiring a contractor is probably going to be most important in all that stuff because you can you can know your numbers, you can know what the after repair value is, you can like have a realtor lined up. But if that contract, if you think you're getting a good deal on the contractor and he, he, he burns off halfway through the job and you're having to hire someone else and you're having to hire someone else, like you, your profit's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's in a profit, you know, to extends the timeline for holding time and just, <laughs> it, yeah. It's so key to have that good contractors. Because you know what, like, like now that you say that, I, I know like a lot of uh, investors, a lot of flippers, and they get so excited and they kind of go with the first guy because the guy might say he's giving them a good deal or, you know, they, they just want to hurry up and get started and they, they end up getting into a trap where where they, they have money invested in, in, in it's kind of a, a bad situation. Do, do, you have, do you have information about that on your course? I know you have the academy. Yeah, yeah, for right. sure. Nice. Friendly Flipper Academy, I go through all of that stuff and – um, cause you're, you're exactly right. I mean, even if you're, you have a contractor that you think is going to do good work and you have it all spelled out as far as what you're going to pay them and everything, if they get to a point where they say, okay, now I'm out of money, I need more money. It doesn't even matter what you have on paper. I mean, yeah, you can try and recoup that somehow, but the bottom line is you got to get this job done and you know, it's going to hurt you one way or the other. So it's so key in, in hiring the right people and, and uh, definitely not going with for sure the first person you talk to, but really getting a feel and, and uh, getting those references for sure. That, that, that's very important. So t tell us more about uh, your Academy. Like what, what exactly is the, is the, um, the courses on there? Like, cause that, that's, oh, pretty, man. that's a pretty powerful platform because, you know, uh, especially someone that's, that wants to go into like flipping, that, that's pretty, it's pretty major stuff because if someone, if someone wants to go into flipping and they have a bad experience on the first time because they don't have a mentor, they, they can, a lot of people give up after the first flip because they, they're so frustrated because they don't have the right information. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Yeah. A lot of people will do a lot of studying and learning and either get that first flip and it may or may not go how they planned um, or a lot of other people won't even get to that first flip just because of uh, whatever reason, maybe they're not making enough offers or maybe they're not making the right offers. So I go through everything from finding properties, you know, how to analyze them, how to look at deals creatively, how to um, structure different types of deals, you know, make multiple different offers. It's not just, 
you know, one offer at 65% of ARV and stuff, you know, there's different ways that you can structure things. And it's all about being creative and really finding solutions that will work for the seller. And in doing that, um, you know, by giving them different options, uh, you set yourself apart from the other, from probably I'd say 85, 90% of the other wholesalers that are out there just, you know, making 50 to 60, uh, you know, cents on the dollar offers. Um, and you just do it through education. You know, you say, Hey, look, here's the, your situation based on everything, you know, you've shown me and, you know, you let me know what you're wanting, your goals are, you know, here's some different ways we can help you get there. Yeah. And yeah. taking a real consultative I think, approach. I think that's, you know, that's why I have a lot of respect for what you do is because like, like you're really, you're really involved with your business and you're really involved with, the, with, with your people. You know, you're, you're, really, you're really involved with everybody that's on your academy. And, and, yeah. and so that, that's very powerful for someone that, that, that wants to go into flipping because a lot of times they're not they're, they're, Think about this, like uh, someone that wants to go into flipping, right? They have they, the, the family, their family has no experience. Their uncles don't have, don't know what they're talking about. Their friends, their friends think they're crazy, right? So they're trying to, they're trying to solve all these problems by Googling and they're trying to like read this, read that. But I think if they have a mentor like, you know, like yourself or they have access to that information on the Academy, you can just say, Hey, go to this, go to this content. It'll, it'll show you how to do it. Or maybe we can schedule a call so we can talk about it. And I can tell you what, how to do it step by step. That way you're not having to worry about it because, uh, I remember like, a, you know, several years back when I, when I did a couple flips, my very first flip, I remember I stayed up for like two or three days just worried. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you're like, dang, what's going to happen? Like, how am I going to do this? Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, I've definitely had some of those nights, sleepless yeah. nights. Number one cause of that, too, is don't get into a good deal. Say no to good deals and only say yes to great deals. Mm. Like the deals that have kept me up at night are the ones where – I probably, I was like, is on the edge. Should I, you know, get into the property at this price or should I not? And I tried to, you know, basically force it to be a good deal. <laughs> those ones are the ones that you're like, those will keep you up at night sometimes. The yeah, ones yeah. that are great, guaranteed, <laughs> sleep yeah, that, well. That, that, that's so true because that like, as investors, as, as flippers, like, you're very optimistic on any deal. You're like, I can make it work. I can make it work. I can make it work. Yeah. But a lot of times we need someone on the other end and say, Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe that, maybe you can find a better deal. Maybe that's not the deal. Maybe you're trying to, you know, don't be too optimistic. Like let's, let's, let's check out the, the, the risk factors on this one. Let's kind of evaluate it and give them a, a different perspective. That way they're making the good deals. Because I remember like early in my career, uh, and I met a guy in LA. He's like, man, I just buy any deal I can find. I was like, dude, I stopped doing that, dude, because I ended up with all these deals that I eventually didn't want. So like, it was kind of like a waste of time in a way when I could have just focused on like what I really wanted. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So true, man. Far, far better to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of good deals out there. The great ones, those are pretty rare, but those are the ones that are, that's where you win. That's where, you know, you sleep good at night and you walk away with a big check and, it all comes together. Nice, man. But it can be frustrating trying to like get through all the good ones to, to those great ones, but they're out there. So if yeah. you're watching, don't give up. Keep looking. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Hey, let everybody know where they can, they can find you. I know you're on Instagram. Uh, what about your, your website? Yeah, Instagram at the Friendly Flipper. Uh, my website is the, uh, 
website is friendlyflipperacademy.com. So just friendlyflipperacademy.com. Uh, also on YouTube under the Friendly Flipper, pretty much all over social yeah, media. Man. Nice, nice. Nice, man. Hey, it was great talking to you, brother. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this. Um, oh, definitely, definitely, anytime. Yeah, and let's definitely follow up, man, whenever you want to get on it and, uh, and share some, some uh, breaking news on the real estate industry. Uh, let, let us know, you know. And the, the information you shared on the hard money lender, the private, that was very valuable. Uh, I definitely recommend people to, to reach out to, to Jeremy and, and, uh, and look into his content, you know, connect with him. He's a very, you know, humble guy. He's very uh, transparent. Like, he'll help you out whatever you need. And, uh, and he's approachable. Like, I, I met you in L.A., uh, with guy, I think uh, I met you in Vegas too. I think the first time I met you was in oh, Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so, hey, I appreciate your time, man. I'll talk to you next time, brother. All right. Appreciate Thanks. it. All right. See you, Stan.